So I've been told I need to do PhD. Th th that's something I plan for myself for, I would say almost my entire life, <laughs> or something I heard constantly heard from my mm -hmm. parents, from my grandparents, for my entire life. I didn't really think about any other ways. It's hard to say if I want to be here or it's my entire family's expectation on me, but that's I feel like that's something I heard for a long time. Like you need to get the green card in the future. And I was really lucky. I got my H1B Yay! in 2022. Yeah, which Yay! was the first time the I first applied. Time. First yeah, time. I was Yay, really congrats. lucky. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to You're Not Alone, the H1B Talk podcast. Today, our guest is Paul. He is one of my closest friends, and I've known him for eight years. Welcome, Paul. Hi, Welcome. Everyone. All right, Paul, do you want to introduce yourself to the audience? My Chinese name is Tongxing, and I've been using Tongxing for uh, seven years in the U.S., or <laughs> actually my entire life. <laughs> Just one year, I choose to use Paul. Uh, everyone and then that's my... how we refer you. Yeah, I'll yeah. Everyone I met during the freshman year know me as Paul. <laughs> so I went to UC Davis with Rosemary, and mm -hmm. I graduated uh, from UC Davis with a bachelor's degree in civil and environmental engineering in 2019. And then I went to University of Michigan for my master's degree. I graduated in 2021, and I started working right after uh, in Cleveland, Ohio for an engineering consulting firm. And I was really lucky. I got my H1B Yay! in 2022. Yeah, which Yay! was the first time the I first applied. Time. First yeah, time. I was Yay, really congrats. lucky. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and last year, I asked my company to relocate me to our San Diego office. Now I live in San Diego. And last week, I just passed my professional engineer exam, and which is the most important step to get my professional engineer's licensure in the US. It's yeah. amazing. Thank you. And Paul, do you want to tell the audience about maybe your journey as an international student? I grew I grew up in a small city in Sichuan province. Mm -hmm. So growing up, I've always heard from my parents, my grandparents, and almost everyone in my extended family about how my uh, great-grandfather's generation, they all went to the best universities in China, and one of them even went to University of Chicago. Uh, in the early 20s yeah that's that's a long like a hundred years ago but because of some uh, historical reason my grandfather's entire generation they didn't they didn't go to high school I guess my my grandfather he wanted me to continue or I don't know kind of achieve something he never had the chance to achieve I don't know he just had really high hope or high expectation for me and also uh, when I was in elementary school my um, my father's cousin I, I, I call her my aunt who uh, went to uh, the U.S. for her master's and PhD, PhD degree and everyone was telling me you should just be like your aunt. Oh, that, that's your role model in the family. Yeah yeah so it's kind of like an idea that's planted in my head growing up uh, since I was in elementary school, like my family had no 
financial ability to support me back then, but they had the idea for so long and somehow it just eventually it, it came true. I feel it like it's the like power. Plant, plant a seed in you. And yeah, then... and also it's the, like the power of manifestation. Yeah, manifestation, you know? law yeah, of that's attraction. Yeah, 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 it's like how your belief can actually shape the reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so that's the plan. And I think I wanted to come here for for immigration purpose i have to be really straightforward with that like i i want to come here and and stay here to start a new life or it's hard to say if i want to be here or it's my entire family's expectation on me but that's i feel like that's something i heard for a long time like you need to get the green card in the future yeah i i guess education is the first step you know cuz that's like uh, when when you don't have enough money to immigrate through in, uh, investment. I think education is the most... It's the best investment. Yeah, that's the best. Like in, investing in people. <laughs> that's yeah, the... yeah, investing in yourself so you can, you know, come up with ways that can, you know, actually help you to um, stay in the place where you want to be. Yeah, uh, so I was determined to do a PhD and I, uh, and I applied like six universities. I apply those really good universities. <laughs> I feel like I overestimated myself a little bit and I was not uh, uh, so sure about what I really want to do research in when I was applying. So I thought I had a good chance, but then after a while, I think it's in March or April 2021, when everyone who applied with me started to hear back from universities and I heard nothing and I start I started to panic. And I feel like I, I'm not kind of like the, the, that's something I planned for myself for, I would say almost my entire life <laughs> or something I heard, constantly heard from my mm-hmm. parents, from my grandparents for my entire life. I didn't really think about any other ways so when there's there was a, like a change of plan and i i was not ready to deal with it yeah i i know like we are not you know like fans of uncertainty and not changes because especially for those ones that you've been planning for like your whole 20 some years for like you don't really want to change that but you know it could be a lesson for us right yeah yeah, but then I got forced to start applying for jobs. Wow. Yeah. That I, that's I, very different than, you know, like uh a couple of uh friends that I have interviewed because like job hunting comes very naturally to them. It's like, you know, the natural step after graduating college or graduating master school. Yeah. But yours is yeah. different. Yeah. Um, so Paul, uh you came here for undergrad and grad school and then you mentioned that your you know plan was to go further in academia and then it changed because you didn't hear back from all those schools so you decided to start working first now my question comes in why do you want to work in the U.S. since you know that you're not gonna um, continue in academia what made you want to you know stay and work my first like my priority was to stay in the U.S. No, that's always the priority, priority, but I feel like it's easier to just, you know, stay in the academia, do PhD degree, and then 
become a professor, that's a like really smooth path. But then right, right. Uh, because if I haven't heard back from uh, any of the universities, so I started to prepare myself for a backup plan. Mm -hmm. And I started job hunting in March, I think. And it, it was really stressful time when everybody yeah. started to hear back from universities. And I was kind of, I was happy for my friends, but also I feel like, okay, what should yeah, I what do? About me? What about yeah, me, what about right? me? It's a lot of pressure. And I, I actually, I post on WeChat every single day, like about my stress, but it's only uh, like private, visible to myself. Yeah, because you know that 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 was like your way. That was your way to let all those like you know stress and emotions out. Like even though no one you know is reading it, but you are able to you know like put it out in words. That yeah, and it's did, kind did of it just help? recording for myself. And now it didn't really help because <laughs> now I look look back. I post around like three a.m. or four a.m. like every other day, like really frequently. And now wow, I, I look back, I can still sense my here. stress because it's been like, like one month. Like wow. I was being so stressed every single day. I, I, I knew you were stressed because, you know, like it was, you know, the season that everyone was getting, you know, hurt back. But I didn't know you were that stressed. And I talked to other friends who was also applying for jobs and they they told me it's really, they they. They were in different uh, major, but they told me it's really stressful to find a job. Like they showed me their Excel sheet, like they listed all oh, the companies yeah. they applied. It's like over a hundred application and they got one or two interviews. And I was, I was so stressed. And I also started my own Excel sheet and, <laughs> and trying to see how many uh, applications I have to send and also tracking what companies and which date I applied uh, mm -hmm. for the job. And I started with the really big companies in the industry because th those are the companies that they are more likely to sponsor, sponsor. H1B. Yeah. So actually, the, the first application I sent out uh, is the job I take. Actually, the, uh, like that's the job in Cleveland. That's the first application I oh, sent out. Oh, so the first application you sent out... You got the job. Wow. That's on the, yeah, that's on the tracking list. And uh, I applied through the company's website because that's mm -hmm. one of the um, the bigger companies uh, in the U.S. But uh, before doing the interview with my first job, I uh, I found uh, an, because it was still COVID, I found uh, an online career fair through UC Davis. So it's a career fair in in the, I think it's in the Bay Area. It's applying everywhere, kind of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I went to the. Boost up your chances. Yeah. Yeah. Just going to more of those. So I had the, I think I, no, I forgot the the which interview I had first. I think I had the interview with the job in Cleveland first, and it was only one, one round, I think. Yeah, one round of interview. I I went through the uh the phone screening with the HR mm -hmm. for the first round, and then uh that person set up a time for me and uh the interviewers who turned out to be my future coworkers, my future supervisors. Uh, it's like four of them, 
Oh, okay. I had so, so it was like a group interview? With yeah, it was like them? a group interview. Ah, okay. Then that makes sense. So it's just like one round instead of you, you know, like scheduling individual ones with each person. Yeah. And so I, I just kind of talk about my experience because I was helping with a professor for a research uh, when I was at Michigan. And and talk about like skills I have and just chat a little mm -hmm. bit about my past experience. And I felt, I think it went really through, it's really uh, relaxing. And then I was waiting for uh, their response after that. And the second day I started, I, I went to the online career fair mm -hmm. and I went to the, and the online career fair, it went well at the beginning because I, I do think I uh I had like good technical skills from my undergrad and master's degree. Mm -hmm. Like everything went well, but when I asked them if if uh do you guys sponsor H one B and yes, then they, that question they're like oh wait we never did this before I I don't really know and they they there was even one person just hand up the the phone. Wow, that directly. that is rude. That yeah, that is was really rude. I was really mad, yeah. and also my roommate uh, back then he was in the same program as me. Uh, he's mm -hmm. he he is from Michigan. He he I, he's from here. He's a citizen. Yeah, yeah. So I invite him to the same career fair I found uh -huh. through UC Davis, and I I was comparing the like our experience. I felt like it, it was easier for him I think mostly because he does not really need the uh, visa sponsorship like the the person who hand up the phone for me and talked to my roommate after and my roommate was like that person was really nice oh wow that was, <laughs> was like that person know, was really difference. rude to me yes no, I, I have a question Paul so did your roommate end up like interviewing with that person who hang up on you Yes, yes, and don't tell roommate... me that you know, like he got the job <laughs> and started working for the employer. My, my roommate, no, that's not the okay. Job. Not the same person, not the one that no, you know, like hang up on you, but like you know, like was nicely to him. Okay, I just want to get a clear understanding on yeah, that. Yeah, he didn't go to that company <laughs> because <laughs> I don't know if it's because I told him that person was rude or, <laughs> but yeah, he went uh, with a different company. And he's still working for that company in Sacramento. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, but after that career fair, I was really frustrated because I thought I have good conversations with people, but I end up not hearing back from any of them. But what's good is the second day I got the offer from the interview I did. Uh, the one day the job in Cleveland? Yeah. The yeah. next day? Wow, that, that that's fairly quick. Yeah, that's really quick. And they, they want... They wanted me to respond, uh, in a in a week. I think it's like I only had few days to decide if I should take the uh, position. Mm, probably they they need like a um immediate hire at the time. Yeah, kind of, cause I know the I think it's where COVID was about to end. You know, all the companies uh... started hiring again for uh -huh. new project and i uh my study focus was on uh, water 
wastewater treatment and also water re resources, like all water related stuff. And I think mm -hmm. there is a huge market for that and every, everyone was hiring. So it was kind of easy for me, I guess, at that time. But I was also thinking, sh should I uh, apply? Because I actually sent out over 20, I think over 20 applications already when I had the interview with the first application I sent out. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, should I wait for other companies to reply or should I just go with this offer? Because they promised me they they would uh, apply H1B for me. And that's How my... did you uh, like bring up the sponsorship conversation with them? I just asked that question during the interview. Oh, uh, during during the phone screening or during the interview with the team? Both. I ask both because that's usually the first question I ask. Because if they don't sponsor, then there is no yeah. point to to continue the. If conversation. you don't sponsor, please tell us. Yeah, yeah, because I I feel like there is not really a point to. I guess sometimes each other's time. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, but sometimes it might be good to make the connection. But back then, I was thinking, if you don't sponsor, I don't want to waste the time to talk to you for another. Because you know what, you were stressed, an and there's there was a time shortage, so you know it is understandable. Just do you know like the most effective way. Yeah, yeah. Just ask them. I think that's that that actually should be the first question to ask all the interviewers. <laughs> Or during the like first round of the phone screening, because then you don't have to waste any time. For us to move forward, we have to bring up the topic. And then usually like employers, they don't know if you need sponsorship or not. Some of them will ask, but you know, like the this kind of like responsibility is on ourselves. It's like we need to ask if they don't. Yeah, that's one thing I want to talk about because when I was during the first interview, I was really intimidated by the interviewers. I answered all the questions they asked me. But mm -hmm. I, I now I just realized it should be a mutual process. Like you are also yes. selecting your employee. Yes, yes, it have, goes both ways. Yeah, you, you need to have, uh, you need to tell them your demand, like what, what opportunity you can provide me, like what mentorship you can provide yeah, or what resources you have to support a, a new graduate. I didn't really ask those questions before. That's why I ended up in a really shitty uh, situation for my first year in Cleveland. But do you want to, you know, just like mm, briefly talk about like your first year working, you know, in the States? So first year working, um, I, I was not really happy about the job because mostly because my workload was really low. Like it's incredibly low to a point. I don't even know why they hire, hire me at the very Was, was it because place. of like COVID or was it because like, you know, like you were new to the team, you were probably like the most junior person. They said it's because they had a project, but then they hired me. It got canceled. But I, I, oh. yeah, but I still don't think that's the reason. I just feel like there was not enough support from the uh, senior staff from mm -hmm. the, um, from the office. I was feeling like nobody actually wants to be a mentor to me. Like they prefer to do things on, like by themselves than showing me how to do certain things. Yeah, there there were weeks 
like 40 hours I only work for five or six hours and a lot of time I was doing things I feel like a high school student can do it's just wow like, were, were you working remote at that time or is it uh what was the work mode like it was a, a hybrid mode I can choose to be in the office or just uh, work from home I, I live really close to the office I, I the office uh, is in downtown Cleveland and I, I just live like a five or six minute drive away mm -hmm. yeah I have the option to stay home all the time I think that's another reason everyone was so getting they, they were so used to work from home yeah. nobody was in the office other than my direct supervisor home yeah there were not like you know like so much interaction among the team yeah and it just there is uh everyone was not really accessible you know if they if they're in the office i can just go to them and ask them question but if they are mm -hmm. remote i send team messages if they they were really busy they they pretend they didn't see or i don't know they just don't reply for a really long time uh there's not a lot of interaction i remember we had some office event like we hang out because someone retired and that's like after eight or nine months after wow. i started the job but th there there were so many people i just met for the first time yeah. were you able to you know like matching names with faces <laughs> yeah after a while yes because so some i would say um because I feel I, I like really... not everyone, you know, like turn on their cameras during meetings and stuff. No, so it's no. like nobody turns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody turns on their camera because they're always multitasking. But um, I would say everyone in the office was really nice. Mm -hmm. Like they they were not really support supportive as a coworker, but uh, like as, as a person. But as they, friends, though. Yeah, they, yeah. Because I remember when I first uh went to the office, I I think I was the only one under thirty when I first joined the office and they took me out for like dinner and also mm -hmm. um, like there were co-workers inviting me out during the weekend for, for like for hiking like, oh. or also I one of my co-workers invited me to her place for Thanksgiving with, with, oh, with her sweet. family yeah wow. that's really sweet but still like after like everyone was nice, but after a while, I feel like I I came here to work. I I'm I was getting a lot of anxiety from like not not learning. having too much to do and not yeah, learning. not having too much to do and not learning, and I I don't see a future for myself in that city. I yeah. I think for us, especially when you don't have you know you're not in relationship, you don't have family, like. All you're thinking is probably just, you know, work, work, work. Yeah, I moved to Cleveland. It's, it's such a random decision. Job. Yeah, it's such a random decision. Cause <laughs> I, I, I was going to ask you, like, when you apply to this company, is it, like, the only location? Or, or like, do you know you're going to be at the Cleveland office? Because I know, like, the company is, like, a huge one, and it has, like, offices throughout the country. Did you apply for that one specifically, or did you also apply to other ones? So, yeah. So, the company is a, a worldwide company. It's based in Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, there are, like, over 300 offices in the U.S. And on their website, they listed the, the jobs 
the jobs, the description, and the location. So I applied all the um, openings that matches my interest. So mm -hmm. I kind of uh, I applied probably more than 10 positions just within this company. And I heard back from the Cleveland office first. Mm. Yeah. And after you um accept the offer, did you hear back from any other offices in the same company? Uh I think I so I I took the offer in April 2021. I think in May or in May and also in June, I heard back from more companies or some other positions from the same company I'm working for now. Um, they they wanted to set up interviews, but but I right, I but, but at that time already... you you already you know like signed off on everything, and then yeah. you you were just mentioning that you were you know deciding like should I wait for other ones or should I take this job? What what made you you know like take this job even though it's in Cleveland? like somewhere that you don't have many friends or family? So first of all, I, I've, I feel like it, it was fine for me to move to a completely strange city because that's not the first time I did it. So I feel like, oh, it's okay. I can just move to Cleveland, whatever. And <laughs> I also searched some pictures online because I'm, I'm really used to small cities. Like Davis was a small city. Cleveland <laughs> is not really small, but I, I like I I have a sense of the, different cities in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it, it's not going to be a bad decision. And I also search online and look at the pictures of the city. And also it's by the uh, Great Lakes. It has really nice lake view. I was like, okay. They, they're sponsoring H-1B. I was not really sure if I can get another uh, job that also right, sponsors right. H-1B. I feel like, okay, I should just move there. It's because when you no find deal. a job that sponsors and it's with a huge company, it's kind of like, you know, winning jackpot. <laughs> yeah. And I also, I was telling myself, uh, it's a huge company. Like I can transfer to probably other locations after I work there mm. for a while. So it's probably not about like a bad option. And also for, it's like the nature of my job, um, like water related work. It's it's pretty much the same everywhere, you know. Probably some states like California has some more advanced technology because of the, the water shortage here. But for mm -hmm. entry level people, I feel like it's really similar work. It doesn't, um, like going to Cleveland, uh, doesn't really limit like how much I can learn from the position. That's uh, what I was thinking. And also, uh, Cleveland is has a like a one million. The metro area has the one million population. It's not really it's small. Not a in, small in the, city like you yeah. know, like Davis is not comparable to yeah, Cleveland. eighty thousand. Yeah, Ann Arbor, it's like a one hundred thousand people. It so it's it is a big city compared to Davis and Ann Arbor, the only two cities I lived in in the U.S. So I feel like okay, it's still a big city. Uh, so after one year. Of, uh, staying in the office doing nothing and my stress level was really high <laughs> and also um, I just realized it's so hard to make friends as an adult once you're out of school because you don't really have the opportunities to spend time with people uh, all the time and I 
my coworkers, my coworkers were nice, but I felt like it's still different. You know, you you can't you. I felt yeah, like it's you, really you hard for hang me. out like you know, like twenty four seven, because you already you know like seeing each other, you know, either online or in the office for at least eight hours per day. I think I was really depressed. Now I'm thinking about it. Actually, I I was really depressed. I was debating if I should leave when I stayed there for five or six months. I oh I forgot to mention I actually got a PhD offer one week from uh UT Austin, one week after I started my position in Cleveland. Ooh, how did you feel that day? I was like, what should I do? Should I just leave <laughs> the job? Like after st starting only for one week, I feel like that. I don't why know why. Why am I getting both now? After I took the job, I got the offer too. <laughs> yeah. What was the stress all about then? Yeah, but I was. I was just debating if I should give up the job mm -hmm. and do PhD, but then I, I don't know. I somehow I feel like I I feel guilty. You know, they agreed to apply H one B for me, and I, my, like, like after half a year of waiting, my mind is ready to just. You, you already changed you were like yeah. okay like since i'm not hearing back from any of you guys i'm just gonna you know switch out my plan and then i'm gonna you know get myself ready for the job market and then i freaking got a job with sponsorship now you're you know telling me i got a yeah and I, <laughs> I, also, I feel that frustration yeah honestly. and i also i i got my car one week before moving to cleveland so I drove to Cleveland from Ann Arbor by myself. It's like three hour drive, but that's I I didn't really have a lot of driving experience and moving everything. It was really hard. Like I I I found the apartment and I did all the things for the move, and I just feel like okay, I don't really want to do PhD anymore. And also mm -hmm. the the professor told me I can't decide uh before the spring yeah for one semester okay yeah so for the five months in the office when I feel like why am I still staying here I I constantly think oh I have the other option I can go for the PhD degree anytime see but you I always have a backup option I, I I think sometimes it's just like realizing that we always have options <laughs> yeah yeah just do everything you can to have backup options mm -hmm. but then uh i think it's december when they started to prepare the materials for my h1b application and also that's when that's kind of the deadline to decide if mm -hmm. i still wanted to do the phd and then i decide i'll get the h1b i don't want to do phd anymore because i was not really sure what i want to uh researching I, I i was not really sure what's my interest anymore so i i feel like i should just work get more experience i can apply probably in two or three years in the future mm -hmm. like it doesn't really matter so i decided to let the office to start the p to study the h1b application and then that's when i i, I don't i didn't really have backup choice anymore because I gave up the PhD offer and they started the H1B application.
and I, I was just waiting for the result, I think. Yeah, I and I was really lucky. I got the H1B in March. That's uh, great. Yeah, it's first time applying and I got it. I feel like, yeah, I, I have been really lucky actually now thinking about it, even though it was really stressful. The result uh, came out in March, but it mm -hmm. will be... Uh, it won't be effective until like October. October. Yeah. yeah, October. But once I got the H1B, I was really, I feel like, okay, I should let them know I I want to leave. I was not really happy about the uh, the work situation in Cleveland. I, I asked, I, I was trying to move away and my best friend from high school convinced me to move to San Diego. I think I, I have been to San Diego for many times and I I do like the weather and also mm -hmm. like after living in Michigan, Ohio for Asian food choices there, <laughs> I think that's something really important to me. So you move around because of the food in California. Yeah, and, and also the diversity. <laughs> that's the true reason, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cause, I, cause I, I see I, you, Paul. Yeah, I want to have really good Chinese food, Korean food, and, and Japanese food. I, I like those. So uh, that, that's part of the reason I picked California. And also because um everyone, like most of my friends are in California. Like friends, I like my, my friend from high school and also friends I, I met during uh, undergrad. And also mm -hmm. I, I have uh, families in California. That's why I decided to come back. That's how I made the decision, and I just uh, told my the office manager in the old office in Cleveland office saying I want I want to transfer to San Diego office. I so I initiate the process in in March, but I ended up moving in October when my H one B finally um, became effective. Yeah, and and I I drove all the way from Ohio to, from Cleveland to San Diego, and it's a I, road trip. It's a road yeah, trip. Yeah, it's a road trip. Now I really miss that because well, let, my, let's go on a road trip sometime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a really good experience because I um now now I I find it's really hard to just take time off to uh just travel somewhere because I. I just need to work all the time. I just realized it's it was so nice to be a student when you have a really long break. So the moving was kind of like a really nice break for me. I I went to so many different cities and went to national parks along the way, even though yeah. I was driving by myself. With the like, cat. Yeah, with the cat. I Yeah, I drove like around seven hours on average every day and it took me a week to get to San Diego, but I really liked the process. Like I was, I was feeling really sad when when I was leaving Cleveland because I really developed a lot of feelings for that city. Mm -hmm. But I think but I, as soon as you come back, to yeah, California, yeah, as soon as I, you know. <laughs> I arrived, I just felt like, oh my god, I'm I'm back alive again. I I feel so so much happier, and I, um, like there are so many things to look forward to, and I think living in San Diego for almost uh eight months now and i've i really enjoyed it the only thing i don't like is how expensive it is oh yeah <laughs> in california i thought my the rent yeah oh. the rent the rent is crazy my my the quality of my apartment has 
decreased a lot <laughs> compared to Cleveland, but overall it's I think it's worth it. You know, everything the the yeah. yeah. It is the, quite a journey, and then you definitely learn that you know, like don't move around too often because you yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah, very first time consuming, second energy consuming, third. It, it I spent a lot money of money like crazy. Yeah, yeah, I spent a lot of a lot of money for the move. Yeah. All right, guys, that was the first half of this episode with Paul. In the second half of this episode. Paul shares with host Rosemary on his journey ahead of H1B. Green card and the changes happened to his mindset, from first-generation student to first-generation immigrant. If he could go back in time, there's one thing he'd like to do differently. Do you want to take a guess? Paul also brings in three messages that he wants the fellow international students to know about job search. Stay tuned for the second half of this episode. I'll see you next week. Please follow and subscribe to this podcast if you want to stay updated to the most recent content. You can also follow the podcast Instagram account. It's called the H1B Talk, and I sometimes share some behind the scenes and also previews of the podcast. If you want to be featured on this podcast, you can DM me on Instagram. You're listening to "You're Not Alone," the H1B Talk podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary. Thank you so much for your time. Peace. I'll see you next time.